Welcome back to the Autoholic Podcast. This week, we have some interesting things to discuss about taxes. Something that has become more and more common the past few years is social media influencers. These influencers have emerged from creating blogs, gaining popularity from TV shows, or having millions of views on TikTok during the COVID pandemic. This global influencer marketing market size has doubled more than has more than doubled since 2019. In 2021, the market value was valued at a record of $13.8 billion. Social media influencers and bloggers are individuals hired by companies to promote their products and services. To companies, this is like paying an advertising company to advertise their products or paying a marketing company to market their products or services. Companies are paying individuals to post their personal Instagram page and other social media pages about their products. Along with this, bloggers and influencers are often sent free products to use and promote. Since they're being paid to promote and use these products, we wanted to take a look at what kind of taxes social media marketers are required to pay. There are a handful of bloggers on Instagram that have over 1 million followers. Emily Travis, also known as her Instagram handle, Champagne and Chanel, lives in Austin, Texas. Dee Dee Rad, or as known as her Instagram handle, Dress Up Buttercup, lives in Houston, Texas. And Danny Austin lives in Dallas, Texas. We noticed that many of these bloggers lived in states with no income taxes, like Texas, that interests us to see if they live in Texas for tax purposes since there is no state income tax. The influencers represent brands suggesting their followers to purchase items such as clothing. Typically, the influencers are sent free items to post pictures with and are paid a set amount of money per story or post. The purpose of the post is to influence their followers to purchase the items advertised. In addition to being paid by companies, bloggers can create an account on an app called Like to Know It, which offers them commissionable links for their followers to click on and use their specific discount code. One example of how the influencers generate an income is from a company called Red Dress Boutique, a trendy woman's clothing boutique. They offer influencers $10,000 for every single Instagram post. There are also many influencers on TikTok that are paid by companies to advertise. For example, Charlie D'Amelio was the first TikTok creator to reach 100 million followers. She had an estimated earnings of $4 million last year, according to Forbes, along with a net worth of $12 million, according to CelebrityNetWorth.com. It is claimed that Charlie is not even sure how much money she makes. Charlie has various deals with companies such as Hollister, Morphe, a makeup brand, and Dunkin' Donuts. These companies pay Charlie a minimum of $100,000 per sponsored post. Since she has so many followers who are influenced by her decisions and want to be like her, these companies use her as their advertising and marketing. Charlie was the first, was the first TikToker to make an appearance in the Super Bowl advertising, which she made $1 million for the event. Along with all the sponsorships she has through various companies, she also re- released a reality TV show with her family on Hulu that was named The D'Amelio Show. Another TikToker, Addison Ray, made $5 million last year due to her sponsorships, just right above Charlie. These influencers are able to generate a substantial income from the social media posts that have tax implications along to the free products they're receiving from the various businesses. We'll go into further detail discussing the tax consequences, and I've asked the listeners to submit questions relating to the tax consequences and implications for influencers. We have our tax experts, Mary Francis, Mary Grace, and Tori here from Auburn University to help us explain 
the tax consequences for the blogging and influence industry. First, Mary Frances, will you help us understand what type of tax entity the social media influencers are considered to be? Yeah, Kelsey. So social media influencers and individuals that are paid to promote merchandise from companies are not actually employees, but are most likely considered independent contractors. So the Internal Revenue Code, Section 3121, defines employees in detail. And individuals that are paid by a company but do not have an ongoing relationship and are not controlled by the employer, nor have a set schedule or task to perform for the company, are usually considered independent contractors. Thanks, Mary Frances. Tori, can you explain what all is considered income for tax purposes? Sure, Kelsey. So taking a deeper look into how influencers are paid, influencers can be paid for their services, such as a flat rate per Instagram post or per story posted, or they can be paid a percentage of sales that generated from their post. They can also post um, products through a special link or sell a product through um, a promo code, and all sales through the special link or code can be designated as what the influencers sold and are paid a percentage of that. In a Business Insider article, one influencer's made an average of $5,000 a month just on the affiliate links alone. The amount of followers that person has or how many profiles viewed that promotion can also influence the amount they are paid. Obviously, all of this is taxable income to the person being paid by the company it is influencing for. Usually, they will receive some tax form like a 1099 miscellaneous from every company they have been paid from that lists out how much they've made through their contracted services for the year. In the U.S., a brand is expected to give the influencer a Form 1099 for their tax returns. The brand will then receive a Form W-9 in return when a cash transaction is involved. The gray area begins when influencers are given a free product or service in exchange for something. One influencer, the baller on a budget, said, from what I've learned and witnessed, many people in the influencer space don't report income unless the brand gives them a 1099 to file. Half the problem is that the brands don't report the income, while the other half is that the influencers blindly trust brands. In an industry like this that is worth over $13 billion, there seems to be a lot of room for influencers to underreport income. That was super helpful, Tori. Mary Grace, will you explain how the gifts to influencers are treated? Are they considered free or do they have to pay taxes on those too? Sure, Kelsey. Um, so for the so gifts for the purpose of income tax depends on the intent. To be considered a gift, the transfer must proceed from the donor's detached and disinterested generosity out of affection, respect, admiration, charity, or like impulses. However, if the payment proceeds primarily from the constraining force of any moral or legal duty or from the incentive of, incentive of anticipated benefit of its economic nature, it is not a gift. So if the company gives the free gift, it is not obligating them to perform anything in return. The items are considered gifts. Authorities typically say that a gift is taxable when it's given in exchange for something. This makes the intent behind the gifts to influencers critical. The intent of why the gift is given to influencers will determine how it be taxed. One Bloomberg tax article said, businesses don't send product to people called influencers just because they want somebody to have a product. 
They send product for access to services that influencers have because those people may provide value to them. They will do something with this. This alludes to the fact that the gifts are not given without the business expecting something in return or benefiting from the gift. Thus, we would expect these so-called gifts not to truly be gifts based on the definition by the IRS. And the influencer will have to pay taxes on the gifts or the free products they received. Activate is a team of influencer strategists, technologists, data scientists, and operation professionals who over the last year helped over 75 thousand influencers to create and publish more than 6,500 pieces of collaborated content per month. The CEO of the company said she's had conversations with brands about the difference between sponsor par- partnerships involving cash and giving a product or service with no explicit agreement or contract. Without an agreement, there's no guarantee that an influencer will post something in return. So in this case, the free item or gift isn't considered taxable income. Lee said, oftentimes, if you're not actually being financially paid, you're not able to pay your bills and run your business. That's not income. Getting a ton of free lipstick or tons of boxes of shoes is not the same thing. The blogger we mentioned earlier, Champagne and Chanel, has partnerships with Red Dress Boutique, Abercrombie, and Sephora. In her case, she would have to have a contract with each brand in order for her endorsements in exchange for their products to be taxable income. On the other hand, the huge multinational corporations can book the freebies they give out as marketing or other business expenses. If an item is a legitimate gift, the company can only deduct up to $25 from its tax bill. The rest of the tax liability depends on the way the brand categorizes its expenses for influencer partnerships, like hotel and travel costs to food products and services. Therefore, most of the freebies influencers receive probably cannot be classified as gifts since they are usually giving something in return. Thanks, Mary Grace. That seems much more complex than a simple answer of yes or no. So Mary Frances, can you explain if the influencers can claim deductions on their expenses? Yeah, good question, Kelsey. So an influencer's job can require a wide variety of expenses. These may include, but are of course not limited to computers, tablets, smartphones, cameras, and other filming equipment, editing software, trademark and copyright fees, advertising and marketing costs, website, emailing services, home office spaces, supplies, travel, and mileage. So this is an extensive list and influencers under the Internal Revenue Code Section 162 may claim deductions on expenses as long as the expenses are ordinary and necessary for their job as an influencer. However, if someone is not quite at influencer status, the IRS could consider them just a hobbyist, which would mean that their expenses would not be deductible. So when trying to claim deductions, it is important to know if your side gig of blogging is actually considered a job or is just a hobby. Thanks, Mary Frances. Tori, can you help us wrap this up and give our listeners a few takeaway points about the taxes for influencers in the industry? Yeah, so in conclusion, the influencers we mentioned at the beginning that live in Texas do not have to pay state income taxes since the place of work is being conducted in Texas, even though the business may be located in a different state. The living location may or may not be be tax influenced, although these influencers that reside in states with no income tax, such as Texas, will still have to pay federal tax. Someone like Charlie D'Amelio, who lives in California, will have to pay both state and federal income taxes, will be liable for all taxes for free products or gifts, 
that are uh, reported by businesses. Since influencing and making money from advertising on social media is such a new concept, there are many gray areas. We expect the IRS to come up with more advice outlining how the influencers should report their income and the other items received. Thanks so much, Tori and Mary Grace and Mary Frances. That's all we have for this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a new tax issue. Thanks for listening.